I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take you it. Gotta take you it. gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. You gotta break it, chains. You gotta break them 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 chains. You gotta break them. All right, Ultimate Bachelor Podcast here with um, maybe potential co-host Taylor Ward, um, the one and only. Yeah, she <laughs> she feels like it. Uh, special guest today, Jared Einstein, um, the elephant in the room, the big guy. <laughs> but uh, here, Jared, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit, and then uh, just what you do, where you're from, what you're about a little bit, um, some of the things you got going on, and then we'll get into this. Jeez, that's a lot. I, I, got, I got to give you my whole bio right now. Yeah, yeah. Just if you want to just flash your resume up on the screen, you can. Yeah, do I'll just that. put it up, and, and whoever watches, they could just read it. Um, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in Los Angeles, and uh, Alex and I grew up together. Uh, so we've known each other a very very long time. I have a company out here in in LA called Common Enemy. It's uh me and another. Actually, I'm getting a oh, look at that. For all the any moviegoers out there, I'm getting a call from a very big movie producer right now. But anyways, we we produce uh, it's me and a guy named Kyle Tequila, and we produce uh, movies and TV shows. Uh, we formed the company about three years ago. Uh, we were we did Mudbound, uh, which was nominated for uh, four Oscars, and I like to tease Kyle because that was his his project that he spent seven years of his life on that he was zero for four at the Oscars. Uh, which was, which is funny, but he, it's a, uh, it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix and yeah, we just, uh, we, we develop and, and uh, we, we actually do everything from the ground up out here. That's what we do. So, so you have a lot of people that do different, different sections of producing, you know, some people will take it over once it's, you know, on set and they call that physical production and some people just develop, but we, we do it all. So we take an idea. If Alex had an idea and he, he brings it to my company and we like it, we then, you know, uh, kind of uh, take the idea and we put it to script form. We find a writer. And then after script form, we then try to find a director and actors. And then we go and we raise the money and then we go shoot the movie and then we distribute the movie and, and all that. So, uh, so it's been pretty cool. We've got uh, a movie coming out on April 10th. It was supposed to come out in theaters. Uh, it's called We Summon the Darkness with Alexandra Daddario, who... Uh, was in the movie like Baywatch and she was on the show True Detective and Percy Jackson and Olympian Thieves and uh, and Johnny Knoxville's in the movie Uh, yeah it's cool Uh, it was supposed to come out in theaters but uh, because of corona we had two options we could either delay and wait um, or we could just release it on all the streaming platforms so we decided to release on the streaming platforms we actually had two movies coming out April 10th, which is really cool. The other one, instead of doing the streaming uh, platform, we decided to wait because uh, we think the world needs to see it in a theater. And that one's called Cutthroat City. And it's uh, Terrence Howard, T.I., Wesley Snipes, uh, Shamik Moore, Aza Gonzalez, Ethan Hawke. Um, so it's a cool, 
yeah, that one's a cool one. The trailer's out and all that. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so Taylor, little... mute yourself if you're going to go crazy over. <laughs> <laughs> she could go, hey. She, you know, all right, you know. calm down, everybody. I'm fine, okay? Uh, all right, well. I'm fine. And, and some of what you explained is exactly why I wanted to get you on a podcast. Um, because the funny thing is Jared just falls into stuff. And I, do, and I don't mean falls into stuff like it's luck. But there's very few people that I know that are like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. And Jared, I, I know, I mean, from, from the time we knew you, every, everything you said you were going to do sounds crazy. And everyone will tell you no. And they'll talk behind your back and they'll be like, Jared is crazy. And the next thing you know, he's doing it. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? And the, and the funny thing is not even just that. It's not even just that you go do what you tell us you're going to do. There's also four or five other things that you're doing that, that, uh, that no one knows about until it's already done. And then they're like, this motherfucker. And still won't give you credit. I still don't want to give you credit, so I don't care. No, hey, I, I like it. Don't give me any credit. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, among that, he's he's dated movie stars. He's a poker player. Are, are you you're technically a professional poker player, right? Well, I've made money playing poker, so I guess <laughs> I guess we'll go with uh, I guess we'll go with that. Yeah, I mean, been an actor, um, I, and I got some stories th that I want to make sure I share in this. But there's that, and then you know, recently, I guess about to do your own podcast as well. So um congrats on all that thank you thank you alex stewart yeah <laughs> well, i can't first... i can't call you alex and i can't call you stewart i've always yeah. we always have to refer see because the thing that maybe maybe i don't know i'm chiming in here late but maybe the listeners don't know alex stewart and his true background is alex stewart was like it was like him and him and my buddy jason bray were like the it basketball players growing up like you wanted to be like them so like you couldn't, you couldn't call him just Alex. You couldn't just call him Stuart. You had to be like, hey, man, did you hear about Alex Stewart? <laughs> well, and, and it's funny you say that because – so Jared went to a different high school than me. And so at our high school, it was I, – I don't remember ever. Like, obviously, I know Bray. But everyone else from my high school would be like, yeah, do you see what Jason Bray did yesterday? So, so it's kind of the same thing. I do, I do understand yeah. So anyways, I'll go into a little bit of what we used to get into before, but I think a lot of the stuff that you've done and are doing is super interesting as well. And I'm sure Taylor has some questions off of the stuff she Googled. So we don't know what's on limits, off limits here, but it's all, it, you know, you've been knowing me since I was like 14, 15 years old. It's all, it's all limits with me. There's yeah, nothing, yeah. there's nothing off limits. Yeah. Yeah. So, Perfect. so it's good. Yeah. She's ready. So but I mean, it's funny just to think about when Jared and I met, my parents were really strict. So when, when Jared and I met, it was kind of when I just started being able to kind of go do things on my own. Um, I think we met before we were driving, but I think you were driving before other, other people. Is that true? Uh, I was driving a little bit before other people. Yeah. 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 So I felt like that's what happened. Um, so by the time we got to spending time together, we had a little more freedom. Um, I think basketball probably brought us together. Um, obviously, when me and Bray were playing on the same AAU team, that brought us even closer together. But mm -hmm. um, I'm just thinking back to some of the nights, just putting on music, being in the house. Neither of us drank. 
which is an interesting. Well, I guess Braid didn't either. So none of the three of us drank while everyone else did. And we were always having more fun than everybody. Yep. So, so crazy part of it. But then what I really admire you for is when, when we went to college, like what, do, what, obviously I left. So what did you go do? Cause next thing I heard you were just in LA trying to make it happen. Um, well, I went to, well, no, I went two years. Remember? I, so I went, I, okay. So I shot out to that D2 in Colorado, right? Uh, which was called Adam state college. I remember that. And then I got super homesick. I don't know how you did it, Alex. I mean, we've actually never talked about this. So it'd be cool to hear it from your perspective too. But, but like, I feel like growing up in Plano, we just had, we were lucky, man. We had such everything. Good, we had everything. Yeah. And we had, and, and the most important is we had lifer friends. Like yeah. they say yeah. you make your best friends in college. We made our, I made my best friends in, in high school. Yeah. And so I leave to go to this school in Colorado and I knew about six to eight, six weeks in, I was just like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. I'm homesick. And so I left, left that and my scholarship, went back home and then went to Mississippi College and then knew I didn't want to be there either. And it was like, it was just, it was just crazy. And so, uh, yeah, so then I was just like, I had, I mean, how much time do you guys have? We, we have as much time <laughs> as you have. Let's go. Go into all of it. Okay, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you the. I'll give you the. I'll give you the kind of cliff note version that you can ask questions if you want. Hey, hey, listen. My my podcast is about people hearing about other people's experiences, thought processes, all that stuff, right? And the funniest right. thing is, a lot of times someone will do what you're doing right now, like ramble on about a certain story, right? And when the podcast is done, they'll be like, man, I'm sorry. I can't believe I went so long here or I felt like I was just rambling, whatever. And then yeah, I'll yeah. get feedback from like four or five different people that'll be like, yeah, same thing happened to me. Or, or um, your buddy that was on there was like super interesting. I was loving what he was saying, all that stuff. So say it all. Well, and I think yeah, it's no, good I, to hear that because I feel like it's more relatable to people. For sure. For sure, 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 sure. I just didn't know if you guys had a uh, – uh, a time constraint. I mean, we all have so much busy stuff going on in our lives with, uh, you know, with everything in the world. Like I got to leave and go to a meeting and then another meeting, and, you know, no, we're on, we're on lockdown. Taylor, where are you? I, well, I live in Chicago, but I actually came to Columbus, Ohio because I was not trying to be in that mess. They, Illinois is way behind. And I was like, let me go to Ohio. Where my family is cause Ohio is like ahead of the game. So Decided okay. to come here and spend time with so my family. Are you on? Are you on lockdown though? Are you? Are you oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, are we, so are we here in LA? Um, okay. So here. So here's what happened. The the sort of cliff note story. The sort of cliff note story is I'm at Mississippi College, and um, and right before I went to Mississippi College, I was uh, we were back home in Plano. It's probably seeing you every single day, Alex. You know, because we were just hooping our first year back from uh, right. from college. Yep. as much as we could. And, uh, I heard, I had the most, uh, I, I, like the biggest crush growing up. I didn't even know what acting was or anything like that. And I had the biggest crush growing up. All I knew was Leonardo DiCaprio cause he was cool. And I knew Jennifer Love Hewitt because she was just everyone's like dream. And it was just that you did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. And so I, I heard that she was in Dallas and she was uh, doing like a second chance prom thing where, you know, she, she was singing at the time. She was acting and singing. 
And so I grabbed my, my buddy Dyron and I was like, yo, we got to go. We got to make our way over there. Yeah. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dude, we just got to make our way over there. Like, let's act like we're like part of like, we can help out. We can volunteer. We can do whatever, but like, like just go over there with me. And so Dyron uh, was just like, okay, let's go. So we go over there and this is where I'm like sort of cliff noting, but um, I run, I, you know, I'm doing whatever I can being like near the stage. And Dyron at one point is like, yo, don't turn around too quickly. But Jennifer is like 10 feet behind you. And I'm like, no, she's not. And he's like, yes, she is. And I'm, what are we, Alex? Our first year back from college, 19? 19, yep. Yeah, we're 19. So I'm 19 and, uh, and I'm just like a nervous wreck. Like, this is just crazy that like, you know, in my mind I wanted to go there, but like now I'm going to actually, so I turn around and I walk right up to her and I just say, hi. And she's just like, <laughs> hi. Like she looked kind of confused. Like, what is this dude even doing like back here near the stage? Right. And I can't remember if we did actually volunteer or not. I really can't remember now. Like, <laughs> but we were doing some shady stuff to get back there. Right. And, uh, and she just says hi back. And I'm like, Jared. And she's like, Jennifer. And I was like, okay. And I walk away. <laughs> and that was, that was it. I promise you. And Darren's like, how did it go? And I'm like, dude, went unbelievable. Introduced myself. And, uh, and he was just like, okay, you're an idiot. So then uh, we wait for her to come out and she does her concert. And this is where I'm kind of like clip noting. And she does like four songs and on her last song, she goes out, you know, to the front of the stage. And there was like a good, like five, 600 people there. And she's like, the last song I'm going to dedicate is to my new friend, Jared. And I'm like clapping, like, man, dude's got a good name. Jared. <laughs> lucky, I'm, lucky I'm like, Jared. Yeah, I'm like looking around like, okay, Jared. <laughs> and, uh, and she starts coming from the other side of the stage all the way to where I am. And like now the spotlight you know, the, the big light that follows her on the stage is now on us. And she reaches out her hand and was like, will you join me on stage? And I'm like, what is going on? And so I go up on stage. She sings me this song. She how old, me on how old would she have been? I was going to ask that. So she, Jennifer's five and a half years older than me. So okay, she's yeah, yeah. Okay. She 24 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she puts me on this chair. She sings me this song. We walk off stage. And as we're walking off stage, we talk a little bit and she's like, you've got a good look. Have you ever thought about being an actor? And I was like, no, I've never thought about being an actor. And, uh, but I've thought, but I've thought and, about you a lot. But I've thought about you're an actress. <laughs> so kind of, kind of. I know. Yeah. And so, and so I just, you know, that kind of put the seed in my head, I guess, so to speak. And we can rewind and go back to it, but I want to fast forward you to the, to then I'm in college at Mississippi college and I have this dream and I promise you like this dream is so real, but it was like, I could see some stage and I didn't know what it was at the time, but I could see some stage. And then I had a dream about Forrest Whitaker and it was like really weird. And I don't even, I didn't even know who Forrest Whitaker really was at the time. Right. And so I call my dad and I told him like this dream was like the, about this dream. So real. And then I kept having, like weird visions of, of Jennifer, but I'm like, is that just because like I'm a 19 year old boy who's obsessed with like the hottest girl in America, <laughs> you know? Um, and my dad, like, you know, to his credit or discredit, however you want to look at it, um, 
uh, is the is the reason I'm out. You know, he, he was just like, you should just pack up your car and go out there if that's what you see in your your dream. And and so I literally, I remember calling Jay Bray and I called a couple other friends and I was like, yo, I'm going to stop playing ball and give up my dream and I'm just going to pack up my car and go out to LA because I can't do it when I'm 30. I think the best time to do it is like right now, if you're just going to say, I guess you can cuss on this show, huh? Yeah, Alex? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, now is the best time. Let me time say it for you. You say, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. You, you go out to LA. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of just said, I kind of just said, fuck it, and told my my coach what I was doing, and he thought I was crazy, and everybody else thought I was crazy, and I didn't know anybody. I just packed up my car. I drove out here. I was sleeping in my car a little bit, and then I found like a – a host family to host me. And, uh, I just signed up, signed up to do extra work, uh, which I thought was really cool because they're paying me. Right. So not only are they paying me, but now I'm getting to learn about the movie set and I didn't right. know nothing about acting. Like, right. like it, it, Alex can attest to this. Like we didn't, we didn't drink, we didn't smoke. We didn't do anything but play basketball. Like we, we got off, you know, from school, we'd play basketball. We'd get out of practice. We'd go to the park and play more basketball. So I didn't know anything about acting or a movie set. So I found it kind of clever in a business sense to go, oh, you're going to pay me to be here, but I also get to be uh, behind the scenes and get a firsthand look at, like, what the director does, what a producer does, what so, the actor does. So question right there is, at the time, did you feel like you were wanting to learn all that stuff? Like, did you have aspirations that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to really do this and get into some other stuff or was it, and this is actually interesting to me because I've we've never talk, really talked about this story, but, um, but yeah, did you, did you think you wanted to be bigger than just acting maybe or, or whatever, or did you have any vision for what you wanted to do at all? Um, I had zero vision other than I'm supposed to be in LA right now. So, so that thought process of they're paying me to see how it goes on a movie set is more hindsight looking back. Yeah. Than it was at the time strategic. Yeah. That was just me always being, and I feel like you have, you, you have this, this bone in this gene too is like, we were just always ahead of our, age in in the sense of looking at the world in business sense and i go back to i credit plano and growing up there for sure. that kind of stuff for sure i do too i do too. yeah yeah so that's more i just knew i was supposed to be in la which was really weird i didn't know what i was supposed to do in la but i knew i was supposed to be here i think it's super cool that your dad was kind of like you know if that's your thing you should do do it because a lot of parents would say you are not doing that and you're going to finish college and you're you know what i mean like a lot of people don't support that and I think the other side of it is, I mean, you were right too. Like that's the time to do it. You fail, mm -hmm. you get back in school knowing that you tried and, mm -hmm. and you're, you're fine. So, uh, well, I what's crazy is that my first, I ended up getting an audition. Some, some, these ladies were really nice. They were big cast directors and they, they ended up helping me out. And I got an audition for a commercial, a Nike commercial with Jermaine O'Neal, who was Bro. big at the time and i no, got the no, commercial no. you're not gonna tell this story i'm gonna tell the story so i'm wait school. but i want to tell you okay you tell you can tell whatever story you want but let me just tell you this okay go. when i got the commercial i realized like oh my gosh people were calling me going yo you just messed up you can't you can't play college basketball anymore 
I'm oh, like, what exactly. are you talking about? Because once you leave and you get paid, right? Like you get paid like that, right? Like from Nike, yeah. That's technically a payment. You can't go back to collegiate sports, oh. which, is, yeah. which is nuts. I like wouldn't no, even thought about that. I didn't think about it either. So nobody was coaching me on that. Nobody was doing, nobody was, you know, I didn't have any mentors or anybody looking out. So it was just crazy. I was like, all right, well, I guess this is my life now. I guess I got to try <laughs> to see if I can snowball this into some more stuff. But go ahead, Alex. Sorry. So I'm at school. I can still remember sitting in my dorm room. I'm sitting in my dorm room watching – it's probably a basketball game or something. It would have something that they would air that for. And I, and in college, I really didn't watch TV unless it was sports. So I'm watching a game. The commercial comes on. It's Jermaine O'Neal. I'm in Indiana, so it's Jermaine O'Neal. It's like, oh, dope. You know, it's it's kind of a big deal. He's more relevant to me because I'm in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Commercial comes on. They flash to you, but at the time I didn't realize it was you. They flash to you the first time on the commercial, and like. I don't even know why I was watching the commercial that close. And I was like, wait. Then they flashed to you a second time, because I think you were on there like two or three times. Yeah. And, and the second time, like, for, for some reason, it looked more like you playing basketball from what I remember. Like, it didn't look scripted. It looked like something you would do while you we were playing. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so... I'm trying to tell my roommate, I'm like, bro, that is my friend on the commercial. But at that time, there was, like, no TiVo and stuff. So, I, like, couldn't go back. So, I'm like, so me, now I'm watching this game. I'm trying to see if the commercial come on again. I'm like, <laughs> hey, and I'm not even paying attention to the, to the uh, game anymore. I'm, like, trying to hit Bray. Bray's not hitting me back. I'm like, man, commercial comes on again. I'm like, this motherfucker is legit on a real commercial. Because, I mean, yeah. Bray told me, like, you went out there, you're working on it, like, stuff's happening for you. Um, but, and it's not even me, but it's a little bit of, like, just proud and a little bit of the same thing I said where, like, Jared says something's going to happen and it fucking happens. And it's like, get the fuck out of here with this shit. But I remember that. I'll never, ever in my life forget that. And I'm yeah, and it's, not like, and it's not like you can just pick up a phone and FaceTime me and be like, and it's like crazy now you can, because, now you can just FaceTime right, all that mm-hmm, Right. And it's crazy being from Plano. Like you said, so many people go play football in the NFL. You got Justin Blaylock. You got all the, Bikel, I mean, shit. You get all these people that have done things, you know, basketball players that have went and done, done things. And that, that, you know, takes the cake over all that. I just remember that moment of like, damn, this motherfucker, like really made it happen. So, yeah, and what's crazy about that commercial is they actually offered me the ki- the other kid's part who technically has a, a little bit of a better role that goes to the machine and pulls Jermaine right. out of it. But they were like, they were like, you can either do that or you can just play basketball the whole time and 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 do whatever you want because we just trust you in your basketball instincts. Right. So I was like, no, I want to play basketball the whole right, 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 right. <laughs> the whole time, which is which is funny. And then me and Jermaine, actually, we became pretty close off that thing. Like we, it, it was, it was cool. Like he would come out to LA and we would hang out and, and we texted a bunch and, and we stayed in, co- I actually think he's living in Dallas right now. Is he? Yeah. I think of all places, I think Jermaine's in like Fort Worth or something like that. Athletes love to retire in Dallas. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the weather or if it's because it's so transient and everything's so new or cheap or no state tax or all mm-hmm. that, but they, they love to go there. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird thing. Yeah, so I I got that commercial and then I snowballed that into getting some a couple other things 
And now um, I moved out here, what I'm like, well, I've been in two years called 1920. So I came out here when I was like 21 and a half. And so now I'm like 23. So I've been out here like a year and a half and I get this audition uh, for this thing that everybody in town was talking about. And it was, uh, at the time it was called Patriots, but they changed it to call it hurricane season. And everybody was talking about this because it was a true story about hurricane Katrina and what these kids went through down in new Orleans, this one high school that got displaced and they only had seven kids. Some, some there, some of the guys moved away, uh, you know, uh, some family people were dying. Like, I mean, it was crazy, but these seven kids went on to win the state championship and uh, the Weinstein company was producing it and everything they touched at the time was Oscar material. Right. And so I get the call and I go and audition and I'm talking to everybody's audition. Like, you know, my ride or die at that time, you know, this is 2007 or eight, 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 eight yeah, was, seven, uh, eight. was Michael B. Jordan, who was an unknown actor at the time. And let like, me mute myself. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mute yourself. Let me, mute, oh, let me, mute. <laughs> let me, let me mute myself right now. And so me and Michael B are waking up every day and we're going to play ball and we, we both get the, the audition and we're like, yo, like we're chest bumping. We're like, we're getting this. Like, there's no way anybody else are, are getting this, these roles over us. Like it's a basketball movie and that's all we would do every day. And we get to act. And then I, I get the call. Like I got a call back, but. I didn't get the call that like I was up for it or anything, but then I got a call that like, it was like, Hey Jared, we were just focusing on the other roles and the movie. We now finally have our star. So we're going to bring, start bringing a couple people back. And I was like, well, who's the star? And they were like, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up. That's I remember weird. getting chills and calling my dad and and everyone else I have like a spiritual uh, connection to. My dad is a very spiritual guy and going like, yo, I'm getting this movie. And like yeah. they had, I, I hadn't even like they, they had my agent at the time and manager had still told me like they're, they're, they're making offers to like movie stars for your role. Like yeah. people that are legit in leads of, of studio movies because it was the, it was the Channing Tatum role of coach Carter. Like it was the only right. white boy in the whole film. Yep. And so they knew that whoever got that role is, it was going to be special, at least at the time. That's what they were thinking, you know? And, and I said, and I told, I remember telling my agent manager at the time, I'm not even worried about it. They're like, why aren't you worried about it? I was like, I already know I'm getting it. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? You crazy 23 year old. Yeah. And I went through six months, six months. Like they would call me and update me like, you know, yo, Lil Wayne's in the movie. Bow Wow's now, Bow Wow just signed on. Taraji P. Henson just signed on. Like these people are all coming off of Oscars. Taraji P. Right. Henson was coming off an Oscar for Benjamin Button. Forrest Whitaker was coming off the Oscar for Last King of Scotland. And then I hear like they're making all these offers for the white boy role. And I just would kept telling everybody, like, I'm not even I So hold on, hold on. You you were it. down you were trying to get the white boy role? Hey, I was trying to get the white boy role. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why are they trying to put some soul into the white boy role? <laughs> hey, they were they, they, they needed some. Well, that's that's a whole. By the way, that's a whole other story that that you know is unfortunate. But um, but anyway, so it, it went like six months of of hey Jared, we'd like to see you again, and then I'd read with you know me and Bow, 
we would read together and, and, uh, and then like me and Robbie Jones and, and, and Michael B now at this point is out of the running, by the way, like they did not want Michael B Jordan. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there going like, and they kept telling me they got this new kid who's like the next Will Smith out of New York. And that's who they got for the, for the role that Michael had auditioned for. So now as a friend, like I got to take my boy in my arms and be like, dude, we'll get him on the next time. Like, don't worry about it. And finally six months go by and I get the call and they're like, they want to make you the offer for the role. And I just remember like just freaking out that I'd been here less than two years and had done the commercials I'd done and got to be in like Malcolm in the middle and uh, another TV show. And then now I'm getting a call that I'm going to play opposite Forrest Whitaker and be one of the leads of a movie, you know, down in new Orleans. And I was just like, yo dad, like it was the dream. Right. It was, it was crazy. And in that dream, when I told you guys, all I saw was a stage was when I, I'd been here for like, maybe like eight months and I signed up for an acting class. And when I walked into the acting class and I sat down, and I looked up at the stage. I can't tell you how freaked out I got. Cause that was the stage that I'd seen in my dream. So it was like nutty. Dang. Yeah. So Taylor, question. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of information to process. I know. I'm sorry. No, Taylor. It's, it, it's crazy. It's a, it's a great story. It's, it's, more I'm over here thinking about Michael B. Jordan. I'm like, no, because you look now and like how big yeah, he's gotten. It's yeah. just in my, I have a friend who actually has been friends with him too. And I'm just like, oh, how do all these people know him but me? <laughs> yeah, well, that's another, that's another really crazy thing about being out here is, is, and I'm sure Alex is, we've seen it from an athlete standpoint. Um plenty and i'm sure alex has too but like to see it from an actor standpoint is really it, it, it it's been it's been it was it was crazy it's been a crazy ride with michael i mean his mom is like a mom to me his sister is like a sister to me michael is just i mean we're you know very very close and it's crazy to go from he can't get a call back for auditions and you know you're you're he was this close to moving back to jersey Cause he was like, I just can't do it. You know, I can't afford to live out here. I can't pay my bills. Nobody wants me on a show. I can't even get a couple lines on a show to, you know, he gets Friday night lights and then Friday night lights goes to parenthood and then parenthood goes to, you know, now Fruitvale station. And then, then it's like off it. Now you're, now you're driving down these same streets you were driving down once before, but yet you see him on a big billboard. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but the one thing I'll say about Michael B is that he, he has not, he has not changed, which is, it's, that's a very hard thing to do. It's hard not to change in this industry. Well, that's cool. And that's, that's, there's more to your story that I think we'll talk about as we, as we go down this, cause there's a lot of subjects I want to talk about. Like you, you know, a bunch of people out there and I think you're like me or I'm like you, I don't know. Um, and that hey, we, hey, who's, who's older. I'm December 2nd of 83. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm like you, you're older. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you're, <laughs> you're like me in that one will talk to anybody. So there's mm -hmm. no one, there's no one that's going to intimidate us. Like inside we may be intimidated, but we're still going to go do it. And we're still, we're still going to treat them just like they're anybody else on mm -hmm. the street. So that's one, two, once we know somebody, we're going to, we're going to use them. And I, 
and I know that sounds bad, but I even said this the other day, and I sent you this podcast, but I did this confessions where I was like talking about all the ways, all the things that I'm not proud of about myself. And I said, I use people, but at the same time, I really do care. And, and so when I say I use someone, it's just, it's an opportunity to be had. And so, and so I'm going to maximize the opportunity. So I feel bad in that, you know, I'm using connections to, for my own benefit, but, but I'm never using them maliciously is, is the way I, way I put it. So a lot of people will look at it as networking. I just like to make sure I'm, you know, I stay on the right side of it, but, um, but you're going to use every connection that you have, every opportunity that you get, every situation that you get to, to move forward. And so the people that you've met and know out there, um, it's crazy to me. And then you even said a little bit about going from showing up and being an extra on a set to now managing the whole process. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a big deal. And then, and then there's something to be said about just making it out there. Right. Like, like Michael B said, um, you know, I can't afford to be out here if, if I can't read or if I can't get cast or, you know, so just being able to be out there for as long as you have and adapt and progress. I think those are all separate conversations, but. Um, well, the first thing that I just want to comment on is, is, is your, your ability to talk to anybody I think comes from, and I've told so many people this, I think it comes from our sports background. Sure. I think that basketball um, has every tool that you kind of need in life. Um, It's crazy. You know, you have to learn to work with others, but also you have to be a little selfish, right? But you have to know when to do those kinds of things. You have to learn to communicate. You have to learn to care and be loyal and be there for someone. You know, you have to like, and, 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 the fact that you can go talk to anybody is I think because, you know, we don't really get, we don't really get starstruck. It's crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Now I'm still a fan. Believe me on that. Yeah. You know, like, right, 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 right. like I, I got to do a TV show. Um, this is 2013, 14. I had this TV show that I was doing with, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio and, and I got to be with Leo and, 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 and you know, again, like he's just one of the boys, but I still, there were times when I still like, I'm like, yo, let me just be a fan right now. Still. You know For a what second. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, I think you, you can, uh, you can talk to anybody because, you know, we do come from that background and we, and we know how to, we know how to use those communication tools and, and skills. Sure. Sure. I think I'm going to let Taylor go here because I think she wanted to talk about Jennifer and that whole thing. Okay. Well, it was funny because when you tell me the story, I'm like, okay, so were they talking during this whole time? Like, you weren't even getting to nitty gritty, okay? Yeah, you weren't. We want to know the nitty gritty. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, fast forward. I'm like, wait, but like in in that like time frame, like what happened? Like after you went on stage, it's kind you of like I mean? a uh, it's kind of like a magical movie, like making moment. Like we would, uh, I'm assuming you know that we 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 then got together. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like how long, okay. like yeah, yeah. when so did it we, happen in here? Like, she's like, Oh, my new friends. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we would tell, so, so we would tell people the story and like her friends would literally like cry at dinner and stuff. But like, so you, you can, you can ask any questions you want, but basically, so we go back to the stage in the backstage and she says, 
you know, have you ever thought about being an actor? And I was like, no, and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, after about 45 seconds to a minute of just alone time of us talking, like she got bombarded. There were photographers and her publicists and everybody. And so she literally says to me, she said, she's being pulled. She's like, you got to go finish this interview and all this. She says, Jared, wait right here. I'll be back. Give me like 10 minutes. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I, so she leaves and I can't just stand there. So I run around to the side of the stage. I jump over the rope and I go to Dyron, my friend that had gone with me, if you remember. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Dyron, did you just see that? Like I was on stage with Jennifer Love Hewitt and she was singing to me and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yo, yo, slow down, slow down, slow down. He was like, what did she say? What happened? Right, right. And I was right. like, well, well, she told me to wait right there, but like I had to come and find you. And, and he's like, idiot, stop. He's like, go back. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, okay. So I run back and there was a security guard and uh, the security guard stops me and he's like, yo, where are you going? And I'm like, no, back there. Like I'm the guy, you know, I'm the guy that was on the stage with Jennifer Love Hewitt. And now I just sound like psychotic, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the dude that like she pulled up on stage and she sang to and, and you know, like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, pal. Okay. Nobody gets back, you know, past her without a credential. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I have to wait right there for her because she told me to wait right there. And he would not, <laughs> and he would not let me. So I left. I had to leave. You yeah. left. Yeah. You didn't fight him a- for her. I just got to notice that my, it says my internet connection is unstable, but yeah, am I good? It does that. We can hear you fine. So you're good. Wait, okay. so you didn't you fight for me? her. You didn't fight the security guard. Um, well, I mean, again, like I'm <laughs> cliff noting it. Like, of course I did. Like I gave it my, <laughs> I mean, Alex knows me so well. I don't give up on anything. So right. like I, I definitely was, but at one point, you know, you just have to like, you know, you, you it, it is what it is. So I leave. And what's crazy is the next day I'm at the park and I'm playing basketball and I go back to my phone and I had like a million messages on my phone because apparently Jennifer the next day was on 106.1 and was talking about me. And they were like, the MCs were like, well, Jared, if you're out there listening, like, you know, call into the radio station. (laughs) What? And uh, yeah, apparently she was like, I met this guy, but I got stood up because I told him to wait. And then and then he didn't wait. And, uh, yeah. And so I called into the radio station, but I was too late. Their interview had ended and, and, and she was gone. And so kaput, she's gone. Right. So now fast forward to, I'm living in LA. So you of haven't course, talked this whole time since no. like then to go to LA. So how no. much time was that? So at this point, after I did hurricane season, I'm 24. So it's been five years. Oh, wow. All my boys, everybody knows the story, right? Like everybody knows this story because i couldn't help but like not yeah 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 because i i actually got a call on on, while you guys were driving back and that's what i was telling taylor before we got on the phone i got a call and you're like going crazy probably the same same way you're going to die you're like dude i i just i was just on stage with jennifer and i remember being like jennifer who (laughs) i'm like like, congrats because because you know we're probably that time we're probably like out with at someone's house like everyone else is drinking we're just chilling whatever and like me being on the phone with you is like distracting me i'm like okay okay thank you all right let me know about it tomorrow or something like that (laughs) (laughs) um but anyways yeah so so everybody knows the story and now i'm 24 now i'm 25 
Now I'm 26. Now I'm 27. What? And at 27, I finally, and, and by the way, like, trust me, I was putting the energy out there. Like I would tell my friends, you know, like if you guys know Jennifer Love Hewitt, you know, but <laughs> at this point we don't have Instagram. So people, celebs aren't, weren't really connected like they are now. Right. And you she's know? what now? 32 and a half? At that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like 32 and I'm 27 and I get a call from my buddy. Um, and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing, what's going on? He's like, I got to tell you something. And I was like, what? And he was like, I'm going to do a table read for a movie that my agent and manager signed me up, you know, that we signed on to do. And we just got a, the email that they rounded out the rest of the cast and Jennifer Love Hewitt is, is in the movie. And I was like, shut the And you were single at this point. Up. I'm, I'm single at this point. Okay. And I was like, no way. And I was like, Joel, you cannot say anything like, she's not going to remember. This was eight and a half years ago. Blah, 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 blah. Promise me you won't say anything. Like, let me just come to set, you know, when you guys start filming. And, like, I'll go to her and be like, hey, do you remember me by any chance? You know, good old Jared. <laughs> <laughs> who and, left you? <laughs> and, and Joel, yeah, who left you? <laughs> and Joel had promised me, uh, Joel's like, I got you. Like, I'm not going to say anything. And I trusted, I trusted Joel completely. Joel was one of my like best friends and still is. And, uh, and so I remember I was at the casino gambling here in LA and I get a text from my phone, uh, to my phone from a number I didn't know. And it just said like, did you really move out to LA? And I was like, Jennifer question mark. And she just writes, yes. And I wrote, hi, and she wrote, hi, and I wrote, uh, and I remember I wrote, it was like another one word thing. It was like, it was like, Jared, <laughs> yo, was, I said, you wrote Jared. Oh, I wrote, J yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I wrote like meet and she was like, yes. And I was like, now? And she was like, yes. And literally less than an hour later, we had, we met up. And uh, it was like, no, I'm not even kidding you. It was like no time had passed. And she then gave me her story from her perspective, which was so uh, crazy, you know, that basically that day, you know, that she, she had never pulled up anybody on stage and like never, like still had never done it. And that day when she told me to wait right there, that she felt bad that she had made me wait longer than 10 minutes. So she sent her info down with her publicist to give to me to like reach out to her. Um, and, and you know, the publicist went down and was like, sorry, Jennifer, like he, the guy's gone. He's nowhere to be found. And, uh, and so then when Joel and that when they were doing the table read and Joel mentioned, Joel was just like, Hey, I got to ask you a, a crazy question about a friend. So, of mine. so you, so you don't talk to Joel to this day cause he can't be trusted. Joel can't be trusted. man. <laughs> Joel can't be trusted. Um, yeah. And so she was just like, you know, Joel pulled me aside and was like, Hey, I want to ask you something about a buddy of mine who has like a crazy story that you might not remember, but he said like eight years ago, you pulled him up on stage and she just like stopped right there and was like, are you talking about Jared? And, and so she obviously remembered me. And then Joel just told her my story about how I live in LA now and she couldn't believe it. And we just, 
we connected and then like i said we met up an hour later and uh we did not leave each other alone for a long time we were like we were like high school kids like in love it was crazy so yeah how long did you date her we were together for uh a little over a year okay a year and a half yeah we we were to like together then we broke up then we got back together and then we and then we ended we that's ended such together. a crazy story it's a crazy like, story that we ended i feel up. like your whole life was crazy after you like went to la i feel like everything just kind of fell together though for you yeah it's pretty well it, my life's definitely a nut i mean it is a nutty one if you look at it from an outside perspective for sure but, Right. So this kind of lends into what I was saying. The first one of the things I was saying is just knowing people out there and you, and you made a great reference about the basketball side of it kind of makes you this way in that you can be on the court with a dude who's NBA bound. Right. And yeah, he's better than you, but in the grand scheme, it kind of teaches you like, it's just a normal dude. Like when you're talking to him, when you're joking around with him, like Mm -hmm. it's just a normal dude. And and so, I mean, if someone was to scroll through your Instagram or stuff you've had on your stories, they'd be like, damn, this dude knows a lot of people. But that's one of the first, thing I, first things I think when I see that is, like, what people don't understand, it's just a normal dude, like, has friends the same way, like, you know, is, is doing goofy shit the same way that everyone else. So, mm-hmm. like, what's that experience been like? Because, I mean, there's some big people I've seen, you know, in your Instagram stories, if nothing else. Yeah, well, uh, again, the first part of that is, like, we, me and you, we, so, like, let's say we went to an NBA game, right, and we sat close to the court, or I, I remember seeing Kobe and Shaq, and I was on the floor, and, and, and you know, because I was a ball boy, I don't know if you remember that, but I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and so that helps you when you move out to LA, like, talk to celebrities, because, because, like, you wouldn't, because you're a basketball player, so you see that Shaq and Kobe is just another basketball player, right, like, it's cool to be a fan, but you're not like in a, like a screaming awe or like, don't know how to like, you know, it's just a mutual respect. So you kind of learned how to be around other people of fame and know, even, even like, you know, even with you, Alex, I mean, even if it's smaller fame, like you and Jay Bray, you know, everybody knew who y'all were in, in Plano. Right. But like, to me, to me, it's just like, that's my peer. Yeah. And, and you learn how to talk and communicate with those, those people. So you move out here. you, You mean learn how to talk shit and communicate poorly with those people (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is very true (laughs) and uh and so when i moved out here actually this is another cool me and michael b story that i haven't really so i was waiting to tell all this stuff on my podcast now you getting all the info first i know wait till i publish this boy (laughs) i know man you get all you get all i'm gonna tag michael b on it (laughs) you gonna tag everybody i know um is so i move out here right Um, and my buddy at the time, the only friend really that I had, his name was Brandon Ralph. I don't know if you guys know that name. Maybe you're big fans, uh, maybe not, but I'll tell you who he is, uh, if you don't, or if you do, Brandon Ralph, uh, was Superman in Superman Returns. Oh, dang. Um, Okay. Yeah. The one where Kevin Spacey played Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very, uh, just, man, I couldn't adore a guy more than Brandon Ralph. He is just an awesome human being and has such a big heart and Brandon Ralph got asked to play in something called the NBA entertainment league. Okay. And to his credit, I remember that. Yeah. He was like, 
I don't want to play unless Jared's with me. And so the commissioner at the time, so Taylor, just to let you know what the NBA Entertainment League is and all these listeners, it was basically um, an underground celebrity league for the entertainers. So it was the biggest actors, biggest producers, biggest directors, okay. all playing in an NBA league at a private gym with security and no fans. The only fans that were allowed is if a player left you a pass to be there in the okay. gym. And I'm talking Jamie Foxx, Will Ferrell, uh, Terry Crews, Sasha Baron Cohen, Josh Dumel, Adam Sandler, Justin Timberlake, Ice Cube. Um, the list goes on. I mean, it will blow your mind, right? Like, who all is in this league? I have and the weirdest crush on Adam Sandler since I've been in, like, middle school. I literally oh, really? love him. Yes. That's so <laughs> Anyways, funny. I had to say that. Like, people think I'm so weird. It's, like, one of my favorite celebrities of all time. That's but anyways. So yeah, Adam, Adam is actually a buddy of mine. Listen. <laughs> look, look at her face. I I'm logging yeah. off. It's time. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Hey, uh, right. see you later. We'll tune and then he says, time. Justin Timberlake, I'm out. Like, and I'm in, like, the crowd at the concert crying when he comes out. Right. Yeah, no, Adam, Adam, um, I mean, it's a cool, yeah, I'll, I'll is it, fill is that, Adam. Is that a Jewish thing? And, and that's, that's not being uh, any type of way. I'm serious. I feel like. No, no, not, I don't get any Jewish treatment in this town because nobody ever believes I'm Jewish. Cause yeah, they, I can they, believe They're that. like, dude, you got light eyes and, you, you, you know, you don't have a big nose, I guess. Or I'm yeah. like, you want to go see my dad? Go yeah. look at my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, my mom has fooled you. I'm a fooled you. I just, I don't know, I guess, you know, but my brothers don't, what, what do you think, Alex? My brothers don't really look, I guess, Jewish either. I, I think your brothers actually look more Jewish than you, but. Um, I would have never thought you were Jewish. Yeah. yeah. My. Fooled you. Yeah, my nephew's I mean, Jewish. Wow. Yeah. I never even. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, uh, Alex, it's not, a, it was not a Jewish thing. It was, uh, it was actually so. So Brandon Routh gets me an invite to go play in this NBA celebrity league, but the commissioner's like, you got to come and you got to try out. And the people that are trying out ahead of you, and there's a draft by the way, and a draft party. I mean, they do everything. The jerseys you wear are authentic to the NBA. Um, it's all like awesome. Right. And so um, I, I go and I, I try out and I audition with Michael B and we're just like, there's no way we're ever going to get, drafted you know we're, we're the commissioner's never going to let us in because we're not celebrities right you know like michael b had done the wire when he was a kid but he hadn't done anything since and he wasn't working and he wasn't a celebrity and i you know i'd done a couple commercials or whatever but i wasn't a celebrity by any means and you know again cliff noting the story we get the call me and michael were actually together when the draft party list came out and you find out whether or not you're on the list or not. And we found out we're in and we, we just, you know, ran into each other's arms and hugged and we were like, we made it in Hollywood. <laughs> we're in the NBA celebrity league. And, um, and I couldn't believe it. And uh, yeah, my first team, and this goes into like how I started to meet all these celebrities and, and, you know, I guess just become friends with my peers. But like my first team was like, you know, Nick Cannon was on my team. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, "Yeah, he was, was hot. Like, he was hot. Yeah, yeah." yeah. And like, he still, wild, out. he still is hot. I, yeah, I don't know why I'm like yes, it's, it's Nick. It's Nick. He can do whatever he wants. He's so yeah. personable and charming, and he's really good at what he does. And and while and out had just came out. Yeah, uh, it just dropped, and uh, and so Nick was on my team. Um, and then you know, I actually got 
Sandler and my buddy Nick Swartzen and Nick Goosen in the league, but they were on my team. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you know, you go from like, you go from hanging out with people like Alex Stewart to all of a sudden you're dribbling, <laughs> you're, you're dribbling the basketball up the court and getting to call your mom back home and, and saying, mom, I was dribbling the ball up the court today against like Jamie Foxx and like, yeah. you know, and, and just Jaleel White, you know, who was Urkel and like all these people you grew up watching and now they're like trying to guard you and you're playing basketball games against them, which is like, it was just, it was just so cool. But, uh, did you give people work or not? Cause don't, don't disappoint me right now. I was, I was giving people work in the E-League. And, is and I'm talking, truth? Uh, that is, that is, I will tell you a great, I will tell you a great story. Go ahead. Is that I was giving people, first of all, first of all, if you're lucky enough to ever get Michael B on this show, you can ask him personally. I'll let you personally ask him who knocked him out of the playoffs that year. Literally, Alex, tie game, and we call a timeout in the NBA rules so we get to advance the ball, right? It's 2.8 seconds left. Whoever wins this game gets to go to the Western Conference Finals. And they inbounds it to me. And I remember seeing over in the huddle, Michael is going, guys, I've got Jared. Nobody else. And Jaleel White, I don't know if you've ever heard about his basketball game. He can but play Jaleel, a Man, he can play, Alex. I, see, I know him. I know him from another way because I have family in Beverly Hills. Okay. And, and my cousin, more or less, went to UCLA with Jaleel White, was friends with him. Um, and they used to talk about how they go hoop all the time. Okay. Yeah, Jaleel can play. And so Jaleel was like the best defensive stopper. You know, he was like the Ruben, Ruben Patterson, you know, <laughs> of, of the – Of the E-League. Yeah, of the, of the E-League. So I see them fighting on, like, who's going to guard me. and like. Michael, you know, to his credit, knew all my moves because all we did for eight months was wake up. We were starving actors. We'd wake up every morning and just play basketball for Is eight he hours. good? Michael B. can go, man. Can he really go? Come on. Like, can step on a court with me and you. So here's the problem is that I can never trust what you say because you're, 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 <laughs> you always give so many words of affirmation that I never know, like, who actually is good and who's not. Because you just will hype up anyone. I've never heard you say anything bad about anyone. Right, but the thing, but the other side of that in is, fact, in fact, in fact, all the instead of saying something bad about someone, you go that that dude, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Man, if you ask anybody out here, I'm the toughest. I'm like the I've turned into the toughest critic. I, I'm I'm unapologetic now. Uh, I doubt it. Anyways, uh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> No, but you are right. The thing is, is like when I see something like even in acting and talent, you know, if I see it and I love it, I'm like the biggest hype man of it. Yeah. But if I, but if I don't like it, I'm the first to, I'll at least admit it. Like you'll never, I'll never be a yes man. You know yeah, what I you, mean? You got to do that. I guess you got to yeah. do that. Yeah, so. you have to. But Jaleel, okay, to answer your question, Michael B can step on a court with us 100%. Okay. So if you end up coming out to LA and his ankle, you know, he had some ankle problems, but you come out here. I'll I'll invite him and we'll and we'll play some hoops. Yeah. And, All right. And, well. Okay. No. Am I talking? Can I like <laughs> Taylor, Taylor and Taylor? <laughs> and Taylor. Forget you excused yourself from the conversation. <laughs> can I be his cheerleader? And Taylor can either if she can hoop, she can be on the court with us. If you want to cheerlead, you can cheerlead. If you want to, you can do whatever. You can play whatever role you want to play. play. Perfect. Perfect. Um. But, but so. But anyways, anyways they're arguing they, to guard you. Yeah, so so and I just see that they're flustered, right? 
So I literally tell, tell uh, Steve Howie, who was on my team, I don't know if you know that name, but it's like so funny because everybody's on TV and like I'm the only right. dude that's not on TV. Right. And like Steve Howie was like, you know, the lead of that show Reba, if you ever watched that. And like now he's been on Shameless for the last 10 years. Um, but incredible actor, really good ball player. And I'm like, Howie, just set me a pick. Whoever, whichever one of them guards me, just set me a hard ball screen because they're going to fight over then who, who's supposed to, like, are they switching? Or are they not switching? And they don't have time to do that. So anyways, he sets me a hard ball screen. I get, I get the ball on the, on the right side of the wing, turn. I only got two seconds, turn, shoot a fadeaway three at the buzzer, and it goes nothing but net straight into, straight into Michael B's arms. And I'm telling you guys, when I say this dude is the sweetest man on the earth and never – Never, ever have I seen him throw a temper tantrum or get pissed, you know, or, or belittle anyone. He took that ball and he chucked it so far. It hit the lighting, the rafters, the banners, the everything. We were at Crossroads High School and he was so pissed. Um, and it was just, it was just like an awesome, awesome, like, because I was like, I got to knock out, you know, I mean, he wasn't Michael B. Jordan at the time, but I was right. like, I got to knock out my buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yep. and everybody on their team. You know, you had like Tay Diggs on their team and Morris Chestnut, and uh, I'm trying to think who else was on that team, but you know, they had everybody. So it was just like, bye, see ya, yeah. next season. I know that, um, and I know you were saying that too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we were. Oh yeah, I was talking. I was talking mad shit. And so, so what happened to to you know circle back to your original question is the commissioner. I get a I get an email. The commissioner wants to see you in his office. <laughs> and this dude is the coolest he's like he's like david stern man you can tell like david stern's like you can tell used to live by the rules but you can also tell he's a player's commissioner right and this dude is so cool shane duffy and he pulls me in his office and he's like listen man he's like i'm never never gonna admit that i said this to you and now i can say it publicly because there is no more elite right and so shane won't kill me but he's like you're not a celebrity and you've got to chill out <laughs> and he's like i'm getting calls from celebrities that are like you're scoring 35 on people and they're like who the fuck is this dude he's not even on tv yeah right how do you even get in the, in the league yeah how'd you even get into the league and i'm getting calls that then you're talking shit and and so and i'm like tell me who's one of the calls like just tell me and he's like he's like all right i'll tell you one of the people because he's like one of the captains of this league and he wouldn't care because he doesn't he doesn't mind, you know, button heads with people. Right. He's not sensitive, was Donald Faison. Oh. And I tell you to this day, like I can pick up my phone right now and text and text Donald. Like that's my boy, you know. Yeah. But at the time, Donald had had every right to protect his league and be like, yo, commissioner, like, this dude coming in dropping 35 and talking shit to the players, and I don't even see a resume on him. Right. Right. <laughs> And so, you know, I went straight up to, I remember like I gained Donald's respect. Cause I went, I said, I said, Shane, you know, to the commissioner, I said, can I go straight up to Donald and just be like, my bad, I'm sorry. I was a little out of line. And he was like, if you want to do that. And so I went up to Donald and, and I said, and I remember Donald brought me in and gave me a big fucking hug. And dude, that dude is like, so man, Alex, you would love him. Donald Faison is so real and just unbelievable dude. And, uh, you know, so I chilled out for a little bit, but then I, I, I still gave buckets. I had to get, I had to. I when they I leave, when they leave, I'll be talking shit though. Yeah, yeah. When they, when they talk, I, you know. But it was funny because, like, 
they're good, man. Like everyone, everyone was decent. You know, yeah. it was, it was, uh, you know, Donald can play. Um, and I'm trying to think who like the best, best players in the league were. Um, but it, it was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of hoopers on in, in that, in that league. So you felt like that's where you started to make the most connections. Well, I just made so many connections doing that. Cause it's like, it's a fraternity, you know, it was like I was in the NBA, but of, of actors. So like now I can, you know, I, I was going to the clubs, you know, you're 23 and 24 and now you're seeing Jamie Foxx at the club and you can say, say what up to Jamie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though Jamie's got security guards around his table, you can be like, what up Jamie? Or you can go up to Nick Cannon's table. Cause Nick's like, Jared, get in here. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and all these different people. And yeah, I mean, then you start doing acting jobs and you see these, see these guys and, you know, it's just a, it was a, yeah, but, but it, 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 it's a crazy thing, you know, meeting Sandler was a crazy thing that opened up a lot of doors. Uh, and, and he took me in right away. And, you know, Adam introduced me to, to a lot of people, you know, I met Kate Hudson, who was like my sister, uh, through, through knowing Sandler. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's all like, it's all a fraternity. Yeah, you know? for sure. That's what I can see it being exactly like that. And once you're in and someone introduce you, it's like, Oh, I met that dude through so-and-so. Mm -hmm. So he's cool. He's it's straight. Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing is, is like, is the, the, the coolest part for me is that I'm still not a celebrity, you know what I mean? And right. so the fact that like somebody like Kate Hudson I can FaceTime her and she just picks up or, you know, I'm like a little brother to her and she's like a big sister to me and I'm a nobody, like I'm a nobody in the, in the, in the business mm -hmm. in, in her compared to her status. Right. right. But she doesn't, it, what's so beautiful is that she doesn't judge the status. She's never once been like, you know, you need to start starring in movies or, or this or that. It's always been about how are you doing in yeah. life? Like, how are you as a person and she judges people by their hearts and, and them as a human being. And that's, and that's what I was going at when I was saying that, you know, behind whatever they do, there's still people with families and friends and, and you know, everyone that they know isn't a movie star or, or you know, right. they have friends from high school. They have all, all of it. So, um, no, it's to me, to us from the outside, and that's what I was, you know, selling you on to have this conversation is, these stories you're telling, dude, like, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to put this up on my story and stuff like that. People are going to go crazy just to hear this conversation. Just because, like I told you, people outside of that world have no idea what it's like, you know, just to know those people or to know that they're regular people or to have those types of experiences and, and stuff like that. But the next yeah, thing it's I would definitely, even for my, like, my mom, you know, it's still so sure. cool cool for her like to the point where I had to I was like mom enough is enough I had to fly her out and take her over to Kate's house and introduce her to Kate and like obviously she loves Kate's parents who are Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell right, right. you know but even even she just like yeah if you're in the outside not living it it is it is a really cool world and a cool cool thing to live vicariously through Taylor anything Taylor, ask away, girl. What's up? Well, I can't get a word in. I know. Go ahead. Well, it, no, the floor is yours. I even no. told you before you got on this that, that this was, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to know, so I want him to talk. 
Um, but Jared, just so you know, me and Taylor are going to try and do a lot more stuff like this. So, mm -hmm. so I wanted her here, even though it really wasn't for us to talk so much, but anyways, go ahead, Taylor. No, I love it. Cause it just kind of shows that like dreams can become reality and you know, um, but like, I mean, I grew up around celebrities cause my mom and everything, but she's not a celebrity, but she works a lot of them. So, but I've never had the experience to be like so personal with them and mm -hmm. I, hearing those is just so cool i'm like celebrities really like that you know like when you say that you know knowing kate it's like you know i can call her and it's not like you know your status matters like are there really celebrities that it matters about the status that they're friends with does well, that matter to some it, ha people? it has to be like that right i listen i would think 100 percent there are people out there like that but again you just try to surround yourself um you try to surround yourself with people like you, you know, and yeah. with, with, with good, good, good hearts. And again, it goes back to where we grew up and how we were raised, um, you know, in, in Plano. And look, I've, I've had to drop celebrities and I, I you know, like, cause I don't look at them like that. I look at them as people. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if they're not a good person or they're not bringing good into your life, then, you know, I just kind of separate myself from them, but I'm sure there are celebrities out there where it is, about the status. I can't, I can't speak on that, you know, because the, the celebrities that are in my life, um, are just great, great humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I did so, have another question. Go ahead. Back to the basketball. Who was the worst player? Oh yeah. That's, a good question. <laughs> that's what I've been wondering. No, no, who no. really that's sucks? Great, that's great. I want to know who was the best you thought in the league and who, and then to Taylor's question, who was the worst? We'll just say the, people that, who didn't play as well. That's as well yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you who, who two, two of the best. I'll start out with who's the best. Uh, J. Cole. Ooh, okay. Oh, he's kind of tall, though, isn't he? Isn't he like 6'1", six, 6'2"? Six, yeah, but, yeah, but J. Cole can go, too, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, J. Cole can go. He can put the ball on the floor. He can dunk. He can hit you with a jumper. He has nice spacing. Uh, Chris Brown. Oh yeah. Hold on a second. Up. All right, I really got to lock off. I was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, she lost it. She lost, she lost it. it. Hold on. All right, hold on. Wait, cuz I will literally cry. Like I <laughs> I don't get like <laughs> She said, "Give me that." <laughs> okay, no. You know how like you're like, "Well, I don't really get starstruck, neither do I." But one person I literally have been obsessed with since I was 16 is Chris Brown. Like, yeah. you have no idea. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, if you ever played with him. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm obsessed with Chris Brown. Yeah, like, so. how no, can you listen, like, with, with a guy who can dance the way he can dance, sing the way he can sing, and write right. the way he can Right. Well, he's also yeah. made a lot of mistakes. So a lot of my friends, you know, hate the fact that I still listen to him. But I'm like, you know, I look at from everyone's point of view. But yeah, literally, I was going to ask. I didn't want to ask, like, did, did he ever play with you? But now i got my answer um okay yeah, chris, that's chris all brown, that's all that matters <laughs> yeah chris brown we were never on the same team we were on opposite teams but i'll tell you what man cb can go like he can go go like he's very he's very 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 good basketball player um i'm trying to think who else you know surprisingly i know i say surprisingly because he's tall and white and will hate that i said that but like josh dumel do you guys know who that is yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah josh dumel can play some basketball, man. Oh, he can play. Well, oh, I can yeah. see it. He's got a little swag to him. I mean, he yeah, he's got swag, huh? Yeah, he yeah. Josh Dumel has that. swag. Um, and who else was like really, really 
good. I mean, there were there were. Pl- I'm see, telling you, Alex, there see, were players. Taylor, I told you he can't say anything bad about anyone. That's why he doesn't want to go to the other side. Yeah, that's why no, I was, I'm no, gonna no, ask no. him a question. He has to answer honestly. Yeah. You can't sugarcoat it. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I won't. Go. I can. I can answer. I can answer bad players. I'm trying to think, but like again, remember, like I'll be honest with you, like a lot of the players that were bad were like top producers and executives yeah. and directors. Okay. Not, let's, not really. Let's do talent. it. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Who was surprisingly bad? Like you thought they would be better, and you they just get out there, and you're like, what is going on right now? Like someone, it's got to be someone well known that you it wasn't the worst anything like that but you just thought they'd be better that, that's maybe okay i thought terry cruz would be better oh oh no why because terry cruz played professional football i know so. but he looks like he looks like he can't even hold a basketball <laughs> okay then we don't get to count that one all right shout out to my boy tc i love terry yeah cruz. yeah yeah <laughs> no no i do i love i, Every, I, I love everyone terry. loves terry cruz he's amazing as well so okay do i get to say um no 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 that's a fair answer but I'm what saying, about I, what about sugar, what about Sugar Shane Mosley? That's a that's a good one. You think you think he'd be a good athlete? But 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 obviously he is a good athlete right. in boxing. Right. I thought that he would be able to handle the ball and like give you a little shimmy shake and shoot shoot a right. jump shot right over you, or at least go to the rack. I can see like a boxer being able to go to the rack and like finish. Yeah. Yeah. Shane's also he's another dude that's like. I'm telling you, man, these guys had just such great hearts and they were so awesome, like yeah. to, to be around. Yeah. Um, but that that was that was a little surprising to me. So go so I wanted that side of how it goes out there, but now it's it's a great transition, right? Because you said it's like a cool world to people who are on the outside. Now talk about like the cruel world of it. Because it is cutthroat out there, right? You got so many people telling you no all the time when you when you're going for casting something. I'm sure now in your process, when you're handling the whole process, you get yeses and a ton of no's all the time now. And and now it even sounds like you're giving no's mm-hmm. um, a lot of time too. Talk about you know that transition and all this other stuff you're doing out there and and what that's like. So, do you want me to talk about it from an actor standpoint or a producer standpoint, or what? What, what, do, you, what do you want? What do you want exactly? Go at it from all of them, right? Go at the hard part as an actor, and then how you transitioned into some of this other stuff, and what what you actually do as a producer, right? A lot of people don't even know that what you're doing when you're you know selling a movie to a studio or or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, as an actor, so and a- acting is hard, guys. And I'll tell you why it's hard. It is hard because of the process. You know how like in basketball, Alex or Taylor, I don't know your background, like whatever you did growing up and you love, but like I loved, I mean, Alex, how much did we love just playing? Like, even if it wasn't a real I game. Still, we, we both, I know you still hoop too. I still love playing. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's never stopped. Right. And so that's part of the, that's part of the process. Right. And we fell in love with that. So we fell in love with, you know, you fall in love with the games. And like, I, the reason that I quit acting after three or four years, whatever it was, it was because I didn't love the process. I don't love auditioning. Auditioning is, I mean, guys, it is, it is, this is a harsh word, but it is evil out here. You know, like you could have the most beautiful girl or the most handsome guy and they could just be told no for like a year. Right. And reverse that you could have someone who is not, as exteriorly, you know, handsome or beautiful, but they've got the chops and 
they still get told no for a year or two and they're just sitting on their, you know, couch every day and just this constant, constant, constant rejection. And there's no formula to it. Right. Like in basketball, I keep going back to that, but in basketball, you know, Alex in 10th grade could not have made the team and his coach, you know, he goes and he says, why didn't I make the team coach? And his coach says, well, you got to work on your left hand. So then you better believe that whole summer, Alex Stewart is going to go work on his left hand, right? He's going to just dribble the, the hell out of that basketball all day, every day, so that when he comes back in 11th grade, he tries out and he knows what he did, what he has done better, right? Right. But in acting, you don't get that, right? Like I can, no. I can give you so many examples of like when I tested for things, and that means you make it to the final round. And then they go, you know, like I, 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 was, I was up for uh, Twilight. Wow. And... And I remember, you know, when I met with the producers and everybody that they ended up calling my agent and manager and just said, yeah, Jerry's just not good looking enough. And they said, well, what does that mean? And they said, I don't know. He's just not good looking enough. And then like another audition I would have, they'd be like, uh, we just don't want anybody with green eyes right now. So it could just be out of your control. What? And you just keep getting this constant rejection. And so you top that off with, then quick I would question, get on. Quick question. Quick yep, question. Yep. 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 Now that you're on the other side, mm -hmm. do you understand that? Right. Where it's like, dang. Completely. Where, where it's like a person with green eyes in that role doesn't make it look the same way. Well, Completely. Why do you wear I contacts? To, I used to take it. Yeah. I mean, you, if you want to go to lengths, you can, of course. But, um, yeah. I mean, I used to take it. I mean, I did take it personal, which is probably why I quit in transition. But now that I'm on the other side, you see, like, it's just all somebody's vision, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I, I made this character in my mind. Now I'm hosting auditions. So if in my mind, the dude is African-American and 6'1", 6'2"-ish and, you know, handsome, but Alex Stewart comes in and fits all those things, but isn't really what I envisioned in my mind, like Alex could just not get the role because me as the creator, it was like, eh, I just didn't envision you, you know? Yeah. Well, here's my question. Let's say like, is someone, what if the person who, let's say there's a better looking person versus the other person, right? But the person that's not as good looking in that person's eyes, can the person who's like, not like as good at acting take the slot because they just look more like the part, even though their oh, yeah. acting's not? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. That happens all the time. And to be honest, I think you would make a great vampire, and I th and Robert Pattinson is not good looking. So I think you would have been great. <laughs> oh, thank you. I actually think I actually think it's funny. I always what I used to do when I didn't get roles is I would then go watch the movie just to see what they did. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like in basketball terms, studying game film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, my opinion, you know, maybe not yours, Taylor, but my opinion is I thought Robert Pattinson. I was blown away by what he did in that kind of a world and environment. And I thought, A, he was really good. And B, I, I actually do. I, I do think he's a really handsome dude. <laughs> he was good, but I do not. No. Right. Well, see, to each seat. But and it's, so but it's little things like, I'm like, oh yeah, he's like good looking, but I don't like his teeth. Like, it's like little things like that. So like. Right. Well, he was a vampire, know. so. Um, no, it's because he's <laughs> from England and they don't have good. No, we can get into that way later. But. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I didn't know that so much went into it like that. Like little, little tiny things like that. Oh, you very, have to. I feel like you have to. Yeah. Very little yeah, things. Like, I just, I just directed, um, a film. It's a short film. I'm, which is now I'm going to go direct my first feature. 
but I directed a short film that's uh, pretty heavy, uh, won a bunch of awards at short film festivals, which is really cool. Um, but my, my vision for the role, it was crazy. I was so stubborn. I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I said no to like actors that were like on TV that wanted to be in my little short film. No, because it was, so I do get it, you know, um, it's a creative business. So it's like, going back to, there is no formula for it, right? There is no right or wrong. It's just like your opinion. That's what's crazy too, is like in basketball, I could be like, yo, Alex Stewart is just not good. And they'd say, why? And I say, because look, we've given him 35 minutes a game for the last 20 games and he's only averaging 2.5 points, you know, or the flip side, Alex Stewart is awesome because we've given him 35 minutes a game and he's averaging 20 points a game. There's statistics to back it up. Right. But in a movie, you know, you could have a movie come out that, bombs at the box office but is taylor's favorite movie in the world sure right or you know same thing with an actor you could have an actor that gets the the lead of of the movie but their statistics don't back that up you know they don't they they there's just it's really it's 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 a hard business yeah Um, i got a question on that while you were talking about auditioning and in the nuances is there has there been times where like you went out for something obviously you knew the script a little bit you went out for it you were like this isn't gonna be that big and then it blew up or like do you know when you're going for it like oh this is this is gonna be some big shit um first of all alex good question second of all um it works both ways and the answer is you never know never know right so take example when i went back and i told you guys about hurricane season that movie that i got with force whitaker that movie guys was the biggest talk of the town everyone wanted to be in that movie it was the biggest producer in town it was a ginormous studio director it was two actors coming off of an oscar and that movie got shelved in my opinion you know i'm sorry to everybody who who hears this or, or sees this that worked on hurricane season but it's just my opinion in my opinion, the movie is not that good um, at all. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody. It's just there's so many hands and so many things that have to go right for a movie to feel special and be great. And so on script, that movie was special. And, when, visual, you're, and when you were making it, like the process, everyone, like every day is, is upbeat about it. Like this is about to be huge. Oh, yeah. Everyone, yeah. I mean, I was getting – calls from Warner brothers and paramount and everybody thought I was about to be a star, you know, like, um, but yeah, I mean, everyone thought the movie was going to be huge, you know? Um, but so on script form movie was special and gave you chills and in visual form, you know, when it was put up on the screen, it wasn't. And that, and that works, that works both ways for a lot of things. You know what I mean? Um, there could be something, uh, on a script form that you're just like, okay, okay, I see, I see it, I get it. Right. And then when you put it up on the on the screen, after they make it, you're like, oh my fucking god, that is unbelievable. And it could be something tiny, right? It could be something. It could be the music that they chose for a scene that just drew you in. Yeah. Everything is so minute, you know, and everything is so intricate, and everything is so delicate. Um, and so every every second, every beat of of movie making. It is. It's hard. So then talk about that. So 
so now you're done with acting you're you're transitioning over into directing and producing and and other parts of the the business like what's the thought process behind that uh obviously you said you didn't like the acting side so so you got to go do something right so how to, how to one how do you make that decision and two you know what's the process to get over there and then three like you know what does what does that look like yeah so my my transition was super super lucky um i was gonna leave la and go work for espn and my buddy called me last minute and was like i have an idea for a tv show and i've always admired like you're an actor and you were able to read all these scripts and tell like you can tell what's good and what's not because you read so much so he was like work on this idea with me so i worked on the idea um finished it it was the one hour tv show and i got so lucky uh we sold that show to nbc and so i was like oh maybe i could produce and i'm good at this but how do i even go about doing this no company is going to hire me or anything like that right now um but i did just sell a show at 25 to nbc which is an insane feat so what i did was um a buddy, another buddy of mine found out about that I did that. So he said, Jared, I have an idea. Will you help me develop this into script form? And then let's go out and sell it like you did the NBC show. So it was like 1904 Los Angeles. It's like a prequel to Chinatown. And I'm telling you guys, we worked on this thing for about 13, 14 months. It's crazy to work on one project for that long because if it if it's no good what are you going to do you have nothing to show for it and, right? I, and i don't want to go down rabbit rabbit holes and i don't want to get you off track but when you say work on it like tell me what the day-to-day -day looks like on working on something for 13 months so it's all different right but on this one in particular it was because it was fact-based about 1904 los angeles we were doing a bunch of research and then we would pick and choose from that research what we wanted to turn into story form. And what I mean by story form is like the, the writer and, and the guy that brought it to me, James Lafferty, he'd be like, dude, I've got this idea for a scene, right? So then he would write the scene out as a writer and then I would read it and I would go, okay, but I think there could be a little bit more meat to the bone right here. And I think on this third page, I think, James, like, I love your dialogue, but like this dialogue just doesn't seem real to me. And he would say, well, how can I replace that? Jared, this is crazy. Like, did you, I, I don't remember you ever doing like theater or anything in school. Nothing. Nothing. Like you Nothing. just like, oh, I'm going to move out to LA. Oh, I'm going to be an actor. Oh, I'm going to start working on scripts. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I know. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I tell other people that and they're, and they're like, they don't understand it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you're, you're, you're adding parts to the, to the script. Yeah, you basically, right? you basically, Alex and Taylor, you just develop the whole thing from its inception, right? So you give ideas like, like I, I don't think this ending is good. And then you, you give a different ending, you know, and then the writer's like, oh, that's good. Okay, let's write that down. Or, or he's like, nah, I hate it. Can we not do it? And you say, okay, but your job as a producer is to just keep producing, right? Is like to move the ball forward, move the ball down the field. Right. That is your job. So then finally, after 13 months, we have 67 pages of a, that's a script. And this was a TV show. It was, um, it was our pilot episode. And this is actually a really cool story. This is a very good story. You'll like this.
<laughs> and we finish it. And I'm like, dude, I've been in this town. So I'm 26 and a half at this point or something like that. So I don't, I don't remember something like that. Maybe 27. I don't know. And I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever read. And I promise you, it's not because I worked on it. Like I know the difference. Like my partner gets mad at me now because we have movies that we work on that I'm like, Kyle, it's shit. And he's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you, dude. Yeah. He's like, fuck you, dude. I just made him so Californian white. <laughs> and uh, so I think it's unbelievable. So I'm like, let's take this around the town. Like I've got resources. You've got resources. Let's let people read it. And Leonardo DiCaprio, amongst a bunch of other people, but Leo DiCaprio and his team fought the hardest for this and was like, we want to be your producing partners on this. We want to shine a, a bigger light. We think this is an incredible story. We think this is one of the best scripts we've ever read. And of course, I'm just like playing it cool. And then by the time I get out of the meeting, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Leo fucking DiCaprio. Are you kidding me? Um, and so we ended up teaming up with, with, uh, with Leo and we teamed up with Leo. Uh, we ended up getting Dustin Hoffman to star in the show. We ended up getting army hammer to play opposite Dustin Hoffman. We got one of the biggest directors and showrunners and we sold it to Sony in one of the biggest uh, deals that had ever been made for TV. And again, we were ahead of the curve. So like now you see all these movie stars go into TV. Then nobody was doing it. Right, right. We had, we had the, first, the first people doing it, which was Dustin Hoffman and Army Hammer. And, uh, and nonetheless, it is a sad ending because the show did not end up making it to television, which is crazy to hear. Um, but that process allowed me it opened up all my doors because now everybody was knocking at my door wanting to work with me because they were like all right dude i don't know how you do it but you just sold a show to nbc you just somehow got leonardo dicaprio to be your producing partner and then you got dustin hoffman and army hammer like basically what can you do for me you know what i mean sure. and uh yeah and it was cool you know i got to meet like toby mcguire through through working with leo and Toby would reach out and just call me on my cell phone and, you know, bring me into his office and wanted to work on projects together. And then you start meeting other high powered people. And it, it was really cool. Like, I'll tell you that it was really cool. Um, but I always knew in my heart, I was like, eh, I don't really want to work for the man. <laughs> right. Which was, could have been selfish. Um, I don't know if I made the right decision, but I didn't want to give anyone else my resources and things that I had going for me. Um, so I just kind of, you know, I just kept, I kept doing my own thing, you know, then I sold another show and I sold another thing. And, but the problem at that time was nothing was getting made. So like I sold a show, I mean, a, a ginormous movie to Paramount with Robert De Niro and Shia LaBeouf. It's like crazy, right? Like from the out, outside mm -hmm. perspective, it's like, whoa, Jared just sold a movie that he's producing with. Robert De Niro and Shia LaBeouf, but then the movie never got made. So I just got tired around four years ago. So I was like 31 at the time. I just got tired of my, my stuff not getting made. So like, and so, so a question, I mean, since we've been candid, like when you sell something that doesn't get made, how much do you make? So you get a, 
you get what's called like a um uh you get like a development fee yeah you know so they give you like basically like here's a little bit of money they sprinkle a little bit of seed money but the real money only comes when the thing gets made because you make your contract for that sure um but to answer your question in dollar sense i mean it's anywhere from Ten thousand was like the lowest, and then like twenty-five to thirty k. Okay. So it's like again, just saying thank you for this. Let's make money down the road. Yeah, because you make a big deal. So, like for example, like the Shia LaBeouf, uh, Robert De Niro movie that we sold. You know, um, my deal. Like once the movie went into production, it didn't even have to come out. It was just once we start filming the movie, my contract. I think on that one was for like. I honestly can't even remember. I think it was like four or $500,000. Right. Right. So you just get a check right away. Right. When like the, the movie goes into production, then you own a piece of the movie too. So when the movie comes out, you get, you get a piece of the pie there too. Mm. Yeah. But my problem was, is that I was making $0, right? I was working a year, a year and a half on these projects, selling them and they wouldn't get made. So I would just make that little bit of development money and that's probably where I really started playing a lot of poker because I had to, I had to support myself yeah, and, and shit like that. And so, so yeah. That's, so anyway, so then like four like years a, ago, seems like a really good plan, Jared. My, the, the poker aren't part? going well at work, so I'm just going to start gambling. <laughs> uh, trust me. I know it was, it was the worst, the worst plan known to man. especially by the way stay away from sports betting that's where i lost all my money (laughs) i'm I'm not a gambler i just i I like the thrill obviously but i'm so cheap that i can't stand to right to to lose a dollar yeah see i'm like the other way yeah i'm the other way i'm like well i've got i'm like i've got a hundred k in my bank account right now then that means i know how to make another 100k let's gamble (laughs) complete opposite yeah yeah for sure that's the way that's the way i I mean i've lost some big big money on big big games yeah yeah unfortunate so 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 where are you at now that what what do you what's your process look like now because you said that was you know, four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. So at that, so at that time I was selling movies to the studios, right? So what you're doing is you're relinquishing the power and you're wait, you play the waiting game and you're waiting for them to go, okay, Jared's movie is the next up. Let's go make that. But the problem is, is that if they decide if their minds change and they decide not to make it, uh, you're, you're powerless, right? Right. Cause they don't. So, So then I met up with this guy uh, his name is Kyle Tequila. He's the one I was telling you about that spent like seven years of his life on a movie called Mudbound. Have either of you seen Mudbound? I haven't. Um, well, it's based on a book. Um, it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. It's, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, it's it. It will change. I mean, it, it's just it's it's mind blowing, Alex. It's I'm it's mind blowing. I'm gonna watch it and I'll follow up with you. So I don't want I don't want you to tell us about it. Okay, I won't I won't tell you about it. Um, um, and and so he was he was just, you know, wrapping up on, on, on Mudbound, which I got to be a part of in the, just the very end stages really. And he was like, yo, Jared, I have all the tools that you need, you know, which is making movie, actually making it. And you have all the tools that I need, which is finding great material and getting big actors to be a part of it. 
I'm looking at it right now. So keep going. Sorry. Oh, Mudbound? Oh, you're funny. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just trying to – because, you know, on Netflix, like, you can see all the stuff on there when you're scrolling through. I was just trying to see if I'd seen it. Right, right, right. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so we basically just were like the yin to each other's yang. And so I was like, all right, let's form this company. You know, why relinquish the, the power to the studios when we, we know we have all the tools and the resources. Right. So – we can go make movies ourselves. We don't need the studios, right. you know? Um, so our last movie and I'll kind of rewind, but like our last movie, the budget was like, you know, $7 million movie before that was three and a half million. And then the two movies that we have going right now are 15 million and 25 million. And so, uh, you know, again, our day to day is we have people that pitch us stuff all the time or people that send us scripts all the time. And we just have to decide, is it something that we want to spend all of our energy on and our time on? Because like I told you guys, we are a full, uh, a full shop production. You know, we do everything from the ground up. So once we like a script, you know, we then, or let's say we just see potential in it. We develop that script, we help it. And then we get it to, you know, eyes form, which means we're confident enough to let people read it. And then we try to attach a big actor to it, you know, and then we go and we go to these financiers and we say, look, we've got this big actor, you know, do you want to be a part of this? And then, you know, from there we go get a director. And then from there we go get a shooting location. And then we go out to the shooting location. We go scout, you know, and we pick, you know, when you read in a script and it says interior house, Alex Stewart's house, you know, Taylor approaches the door and knocks on it. We got to go find that house. You know, it's not just going to, appear out of nowhere. So we go to these cities and we look and we find it. And, uh, you know, our last movie we shot in Winnipeg, uh, in, up in Canada. And we were there for three and a half months. Um, and you know, so then we get the actors and we go shoot the movie and after we're done shooting the movie, you got to go edit the movie and then you got to add the score to the movie. And then you got to, you know, figure out a release plan and, you know, just anything, any question you have or anything you can think of is what we, is what we do now on, on the movies. Yeah. Holy moly. You came a long way. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. It's a lot of work. That it's crazy. And so the only thing I think now is, so you've explained this whole story, right? This career essentially, because, because it really started when we, you know, talk about you going to college like do you feel like you've actually accomplished anything because like you said I I, that's why I kind of call it a cruel cruel world over there because like you've done a lot but you really haven't because you said a lot of the stuff you've worked on hasn't been made like like, what's where's your compass at right now do you feel like you've accomplished a lot do you feel like you're on the verge do you feel like you haven't even started yet well, this and, may and, not and, be... and, quick question. It's crazy too that you have to adapt, right? Because when you started in this, Netflix wasn't here. So you you couldn't make a movie and send it to Netflix, mm-hmm. right? And so anyways, I just wanted to add that in there. Go ahead. Yeah, you're constantly you constantly have to adapt for sure. Um I think the honest answer to that question is and it's funny I was just talking to my uh my uh I was just like debating in my head, do I name drop or not? But what, whatever, she won't. Care. I was just talking, I'm friends with Zoe Deschanel. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. 
she was on um, New Girl, right? Yeah, yeah, she's oh my New God, Girl. hilarious. New Girl. Yeah, she's great, and she's she's a a friend of mine, and and just a fucking gosh, she's such a pleasure to be around. And we were texting uh, the other day, and I was saying that this whole Corona thing has really um, it's kind of uh, taken over what my soul and my mind and my gut was already thinking, which is that. I don't really care like what my movies do or like where I'm at in the business because I feel like I haven't like affected lives in a, in the way that I know that I can. So I guess what I'm saying is, is like, is this whole thing is maybe kind of think like, I want to start like a nonprofit and I want to like affect kids and like help kids out and maybe be a, li- a liaison between celebrities and kids and, you know, put smiles on their faces and give them opportunities they've never really gotten because you work so hard on making these movies. And then at the end you kind of go like, well, what, what, like, what the fuck did I do that for? Right. You know, like what was the point in making the movie? Yeah. It was super cool. You know, I have a movie coming out in, in eight days and then I have another one coming out in theaters once Corona is done, you know, that universal is dropping. Um, and to answer Alex's question, and not beat around the bush like you can always do more i mean you know me and me and you alex like our work ethic like yeah like we're never gonna say like yeah i feel like i've accomplished a lot you're always gonna be like it is what it is let's go get more yeah for sure you know so yes i've worked with dicaprio and gotten to work with hoffman and gotten to work with great you know studio people and gotten to put de niro on my movies and all that shit but like okay let's keep going you know um but as far as like my my fulfillment and like do i feel like i've accomplished like no i don't feel like i've accomplished uh anything to where from the outside perspective it may be like whoa like look at his daily life and look at where he lives and look at what he gets to do and you know but again it's like what do you define how do you define have you accomplished anything like to me it's like during this whole corona stuff has made me really think like i think the definition of accomplishing stuff is getting to, you know, affect and change the world and leave it a better place, you know, than you, uh, than you got here with. I mean, that's a profound answer. I think, uh, it's so crazy to hear you talk like this. And the reason we probably never had this conversation is because, um, and Taylor, you can't tell this just from this conversation. You can probably tell a little bit, but Jared is like one of the best hearts you'll meet. And it's actually weird to hear you name drop because it's like this dude would never even let you know that he knows somebody. Or if he does, it'd be like, it, it, you know, referred to him by their first name. So you, it's not like you know who, who Kate is or whoever, whoever is. So um, that, that was actually a question I had, you know, listening to everything you said because I don't, to me, like, it sounds like all those people are your friends. So that's not the part you care about. Knowing these people is not the goal. Um, You know, I think obviously anyone that does something, no matter how long it is, six months, 13 months, whatever, all those movies you've put through that you thought were great, you probably wanted those to get made. But, but in the end, like, you know, what about all the other stuff? in terms of accomplishment, like, you know, obviously you're not married, don't have kids. Like, is that a goal? Um, do you plan on being in that industry forever? And it sounds like you have plans for 
for a tweak in a little way, right? Um, yeah. All those other things, you know, was kind of where that question came from. Is it like, is this it for you? Or do you feel like there's more? And, you know, you answered it. So. Yeah, I also just think in life, like, as you get older, you realize, like, the important things. I mean, I think we realized it at a younger age, but, like, definitely, like, I think that the industry stuff is not the important stuff in life for me. The important stuff is, like you said, is, like, wifey and kids and, and, and you know, being able to, to reach out and affect people. And, you know, that's why I've, I've actually put it in motion. You know, Watley is going to be – is going to be, you know, my, uh, the chairman, you know, on my, of my, of my board. And yeah. he's, you know, we're going to start this, uh, nonprofit. We actually took a uh, visit down to Ryan McHugh's, uh, dad's place called my possibilities. Do you, do you know about this? I actually don't know. Oh yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So we went and toured my possibilities, but anyways, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. You know, as you get older, you just try to, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's a crazy realization. Taylor, how old are you? 28. Gotcha. I did think about it for a second. Yeah, 28. (laughs) And and I mean, do you have any other questions, Taylor? Like I said, I apologize that this is a little bit different than our normal podcast, but to me, Jared, this has been, you know, enlightening really, because just like we talked about, you know, your friends, like to me, it's like, someone's like Jared Einson. I'm like, oh, that shit talking motherfucker. Like I just hooped <laughs> with him the other day. And, and yeah, like Jared's good, but you wouldn't know any of this stuff. And maybe that's a good thing, right? Um, Cause none of the, to, to, to the point we made, none of this stuff matters in a friendship anyways, but, but it's, it's certainly interesting. And, and I know people who hear this um, are, are going to be given so much info they have no idea about. Cause all of this, I mean, Almost everything you said, I knew nothing about. Right. No, and I think it's good listening from an outsider just because I feel like it's – realize, like, it takes a lot of work to get to where you want to get. Yeah, I'm, I, I see that. And especially, to me, everyone knows the work in their industry, right? Like, Taylor, I mean – um, so Taylor, I don't even know you, I know you do a lot of different things, but yeah, but I'm a what. full-time hairstylist. So like, you know, people, you know, let's say I moved from Scottsdale to Chicago. I knew I would have to completely start over. Right. So when I look at things, you know, that you've done, I'm like, okay, well he has to do that to get to the next step. So it's all about steps. You can be frustrated in the moment, but in the long term, you know, when you look back, you're like, okay, it was all worth it. You sure. know? So from an outside looking in, it's like, okay, well he had to go through all these, but look at him now, you know? And the funny thing I'd ask you, Jared, is, you know, a lot of people, to me, I I do love what I do. So there's hardly ever a day where I like wake up and I'm like, man, I can't believe I got to go into surgery today or go talk to this nurse manager today. But, you know, everyone's job is still a job, right? You still look Mm -hmm. forward to your days off to where, you know, me and Taylor are probably sitting here and we're like, dang, you know, I'd love to be around those people every day. But do you still get that feeling like, you know, when you're seven months into working on that project, are you like, dang, I could really just use a vacation right now from this? If, uh, well, to be honest with you, if I love it, I don't. Yeah. Um, but if you don't love it, then, then yes. But the, the thing that's different between my field and, and your field or Taylor's field is that 
mine is constantly different, you know, like Taylor is a hairstylist. So she's going to be always doing something with hair. Right. Right. Like there's a common denominator there. Mine, there is no common, like, it's crazy, dude. It's like, we go do an action movie and we're now we're, you know, jumping actors off of buildings. Or if we do an, you know, a smaller movie and it's a horror, you know, you're in a hat, like, so it's like, it's creatively fulfilling and exciting. So if I love the material and love the project, you know, even if I'm working on it like eight months, nine months, 10 months, whatever it is, like, I don't really get, get bored of it, but you know, it's all also just goes back to like the advice my dad gave, which always stuck with me is like, he was like, I don't care what you do in life. Just make sure that you wake up and you love what you do every day. Because if you love what you do, you know, then you'll be okay. And so if you know that if you truly love what you do, you know, but it's hard to truly love what you do every day. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, that's all I have. I mean, we, this ran, this ran over my normal hour long one and I'm, I'm glad it did. Cause you know, all the stuff we talked about is, is huge. Um, you know, we didn't get into any of the stuff that I normally talk about. Maybe we, we can jump on another one and, and talk through a, through a subject that I would normally do. But in the meantime, man, thanks. Thanks so much for, coming on and being honest like I think a lot of the things you mm -hmm. you said you can tell it was like genuine um honesty and and not holding much back which is you know the best thing ever for someone listening to this so oh yeah for sure so yep all right man well ultimate bachelor you can see Jared what's your Instagram handle uh my Instagram handle I think is just my name so it's which is hard to <laughs> <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put it in the description i spelled jared weird einstein is weird but it's j-a-r-o-d-e-i-n-s-o-h-n there you go and then taylor's is always there but t-a-y-w-a-r-e tay ward 22 my name is yep. 22 and then alt batch so thank you all and uh until next time